Hello. Hello. Good evening. This is James at um, Simply Fit with Mass Team Viking Muscle. And our special guest tonight is... That's you, Dean. That's me, then. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were going to attempt my surname or not. That's why I waited. <laughs> I was being polite because I know I'd get it wrong. <laughs> uh, so I am Dean Rahaman. So, um, I know you from way back because you was actually the first person to hire me as a fit coach and give me a shot and give me a chance to do what I do. Um, for, for Jordan and for everybody else, can you just let us know a bit about yourself? Yeah, so I, um, I qualified as a PT back in 2006. So I kind of feel like one of the old men of the industry now. <laughs> I've, uh, I've been involved in the fitness game for, it'll be, well, coming up 15 years now, all, all, all said and done. So I've been a PT and qualified massage therapist since 2006. Uh, since then, I've done a lot of different courses, um, but I'm still only qualified as a level three PT, which... Uh, surprises a lot of people um i've done or improved my skill set kind of as a pt when it comes to what i offer my clients in terms of metabolic rehab gut rebuilds uh hormone balancing um the, and and that's probably the biggest thing that i see with or that i deal with now is managing uh, super super stressful people and getting their hormone balance back in line where it should be to promote health first and then body changes second uh, along that journey I've had to learn a lot about psychology, mental health um, I've now started to delve into spiritualism and um, what like deep down in people's cores and their souls and their gut feelings could potentially be stopping them from, from achieving their goals, whether it's health-based or whether it's career-based. I'm now on a, a totally different journey. Um, and within that time, I have also uh, been a fitness manager, a PT manager and a general manager for gym facilities. Uh, and now I've kind of sacked off the, the corporate side of, of the business and I've actually now streamlined my business into working with just men. And all I do now is work with men to get their testosterone levels where they should be, sort their gut health out, sort their mental health out and start shedding the stigma about just men's health in general and you know getting men to not be afraid of health and their bodies is is kind of where i'm at so it's been a journey over the last 15 years well yeah <laughs> it's been a, a insightful one definitely do you oh, think that's... like just touching on the like you say working with men and stuff back in the day when you first got qualified and today do you think men have become more open about their feelings what's going on so it's easier to work with or do you still think it's a lot of bro science that goes on i 
what I've noticed is men have become much more proud about looking after their body. So men are not worried about the label of vanity now because they know that losing weight and being a healthy weight also makes them look good. And if they look good, they feel good. And if they feel good, then that confidence breeds success. And that success, success will breed more confidence. And then you've got a positive cycle of action. There are still a lot of issues where I work with guys who are frightened to talk about the quality of their shit. They're frightened to talk about, and I mean like actual shit, I mean like actual poop. I, I yeah. actually talk I actually talk to my guys about, you know, the, the quality of their digestion. Yeah, and yeah, one yeah. of the ways I find that out is, you know, are you actually, you know, pushing out a proper, nicely formed log, or are you pebble dashing, or are you, you know, straining and straining and straining and like little rabbit droppings are coming out. So this is part of the level of depth I get in with my guys now because it's an indicator of health. Like um, Socrates said it. Socrates? No, wait. Uh, which one was the doctor? Ancient Greek doctor. Oh, um, it begins with H. Hippocrates, that's the one. Hippocrates, yeah. right? So he said it like 2,000 years ago that all disease starts in the gut. It's, true, it's, yeah. it's only now we're starting to actually prove some of that theory. <laughs> which is yeah, it's taken a while. Yeah, only a couple of thousand years, you know. <laughs> okay. um, so to answer your question, it's a yes and a no. I think guys are a lot more open to improving their physique, yeah. but they're still resistant to talk about feelings and open up about you know sexual health and sexual performance and you know gut health and you know like the the stuff that is kind of stigmatized. Oh, it's not manly. You can't talk about that. I suppose a lot of blokes think it's um, you're less of a man if you talk about it, and especially like yeah, everyone wants to be a rutting stag and all that, and the Hulk in the gym, a rutting stag in the bedroom. But it doesn't work that way, does it? We all have, we all have off days. We all have other things going on, whether it's stress, depression, uh, nutrition problems, and relationships can have a massive effect on every aspect of our lives. Do you, oh. do you yeah. find that some women approach you about their partners? Yeah, totally. Because they will say to me, you know, or they will say, oh, do you do like gift packages? I want my partner to go through personal training. I'm like, well, that's fine. I understand that. But it's no good buying it for somebody else. You might want them to change, but if they don't want to change, it's a waste of money. And ethically, I, I find it very difficult, which is why when you look at my website, I don't offer gift packages because for that psychological reason alone, I mean, could, can you imagine it? If, if you know, you're in a relationship for 10, 15, 20 years, however long, and then your partner presents you with a gift voucher, here you go, here's some personal training sessions. Like, what the fuck message is that going to send to you as a bloke? Oh, thanks, like, you're calling me fucking fat now. Cheers. Um, I'd, I'd just like to say that at this point, I'm doing a Christmas special offer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. But then, but, you know, but, but, you know you, your, your business is very successful and you're very, very good at what you do. It's just for me personally and my, the way that I run my personal training practice, I 
do not do gift sessions or I will not have people buy personal training sessions for somebody else. Mm. Yeah, because psychologically, I just don't think it's a good message because put yourself in that person's shoes. Like they turn up to me like, oh yeah, by the way, like my wife got me these PT sessions. Oh, I don't really want them. You know, so it's a waste of my time when I could have somebody in there that actually wants, wants to change, help, yeah, actually wants to change and actually wants to improve their life. So yeah. it's, it's, just, it's just one of my own personal philosophies. No, 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 it's, no, it's right because you, otherwise you've just got barriers after barriers, exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong, like something the majority of people they have a session or two and they're like, oh, fucking hell, this is amazing, yeah. and they, they turn that corner, but it's, it's not something I like to do as, as a gift. <clears throat> but I yeah. do have I do have women that will say to me, "Oh, I've seen you do amazing weight loss for this person. Could you do it for me?" I'm like, "Well, I could, but I only really work with men now." <clears throat> and they're just like, "Oh, Dean, what was the reason you went to just working with men?" <clears throat> because men need a lot of help. <laughs> men need a lot of guidance, and it's more for me. I I want to shed the stigma around men's health and particularly men's mental health because there's a lot of guys out there who want help and they want answers but they don't like going to the doctor for it whereas if they go to a an upskilled PT or an upskilled health professional they feel a little bit safer I will still order all the same tests that a doctor will order but because people aren't going to their doctor, they don't feel like they have that, uh, um, what do they call it, white coat syndrome? Yeah. Mm. And that white coat syndrome, that's a big thing with men still is, oh, I don't want to go to the doctor about that. Yeah, I go to the you doctor, know? my blood pressure shoots up massively. Oh, it's so common. So, mm. so common. Because it, it, then you're, it's in your mind, like, oh, shit, they're going to find something wrong. They're going to find something wrong. Oh, my God, I'm panicking about this. I, I want to ask them about this. Don't. And then you start stressing about it. And that stress starts off that blood pressure going up. And then it starts your temperature going up. And then you've got like a, 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 just a series of signs and symptoms happening. And you're just in the waiting room. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and it happens. And so when people come to me as a trainer and as a, as a, a men's coach, it puts them at ease a little bit. And I want to be that go-between of the man thinking, fucking hell, like, I am struggling. I'm not sleeping. My libido's through the floor. I'm not getting erections in the morning. When I do get an erection, I can't keep it. My blood pressure's all messed up. I'm gaining weight. I'm losing strength. But I don't want to go to the doctor about it because I'm just finding it a bit embarrassing. But if I go to a PT and say, oh, look, I'm looking at toning up, I'm looking at losing a bit of weight and, and putting a bit of muscle on, it's less of a barrier to improve somebody's health. Yeah. And so, that's, that's why I went down the route of specifically helping men because there's not enough of a resource out there for men to get good quality science-backed information to actually start improving their health. And there's no, there's, well, there's, there's, there's a few people out there, but there's not many people out there who are actually shedding the stigma and actually normalizing 
talking about bodily functions of men. Yeah, that's 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 where I stepped into that role, and I thought, you know what, there's men need help, men need guidance, and there's too much rubbish on the internet where you can read it and think, oh my god, I've got this, I've got that, I've got that, I've got that. Oh my god, like what do I do? And then you're frightened to go to the doctor because you're like, fucking hell, he's going to fight, he's going to do these tests, he's going to tell me I've got cancer, or I've got this, or I've got that. And you get one symptom, you Google it, and you've got seven reasons why you should be dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Although at my age, I went to the doctors because uh, I had a bit of a, uh, this is about two years ago. So I wasn't even, I was only 46. And uh, it was a, wasn't my regular doctor. And I said, like, I've, I've got a bit sore throat. I've, you know, I suffer from asthma, stuff like that. He went, okay, you're about that age. We need to check your prostate. I went, no, you don't. I You've never met before. It ain't happening. Like the lobster dinner first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, at least, treat me to, well, at least have a beer first. <laughs> but uh, all joking aside, I've, you know, obviously, they don't need to do what they used to do anymore. They can do it through blood tests and stuff like that. And I've got one coming up in November, I believe. Yeah, so. and, and this, uh, but but even then, like you know, it's <clears throat> that whole stigma around the prostate exam. Yeah, it's still an incredibly valid exam. Yeah, because of because a blood test will not pick up like abnormalities in terms of shape or size. And at the end of the day, a finger up your ass for like 10 seconds could potentially save your life. That or the doctor loses a Rolex. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that as well. <laughs> yeah, apparently, if I pay extra, I can get two fingers. So, here it is. <laughs> well, that James, is that, he's going to the doctors regularly. I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> no, but... So where you are now with your clients and stuff like that do you find it like you're saying about testosterone levels and stuff like that, working with the hormones is it going to be do you go through nutrition with supplementation how do you approach it it all starts with lab work nobody comes onto my program without at least being willing to go through lab work or to go through a two-hour consultation right so my so in an ideal picture perfect case, somebody would come to me, would run through a two hour consultation. I will send them off for labs. I'll send them off for uh, all a full thyroid panel. I will send them off for a full testosterone and estrogen panel. I will send them off for their blood sugar levels and their markers for diabetes. I will also send off for a complete inflammation screen. So that will give me a clue as to exactly what's happening with all of their major kind of functions, if you like. Once I know what all of their functions are doing, I can then put a plan in place. And I would say probably 90 to 95% of the time, it's I need to get your stress down. I need to get your inflammation down. I can modulate your stress and if I can reduce your inflammation the majority of your other symptoms are going to start disappearing so once you start understanding the body and this is what I love about functional medicine and functional biochemistry is 
somebody <clears throat> presents me with they've got cold hands and feet, they don't have a hard on in the morning, they feel bloated and sluggish, they're gaining weight, they're pale. Immediately, that screams out thyroid problems to me. Mm. But there's a way, depending on what their T4 levels are compared to their T3 levels, it will tell me if they're underproducing T4 or if they're underconverting T4 to T3. Now, T3 is your active form of thyroid that gets into the cells and does the majority of your metabolism work. So if I know that you're not converting T4 to T3, it's not a thyroid issue that you've got. It's actually a stress issue because your body is pushing, it's bypassing thyroid production so that it can actually produce more of your neurotransmitters and your like adrenaline-based hormones, stress hormones. Because your body is a very, very complex system of pathways. And if you know that a certain pathway will override a certain production of a certain hormone, then you know that it's actually a stress issue or it's a pathway issue as opposed to an actual hormone issue. How many people do you reckon get this um, misdiagnosed? Hundreds, if not thousands. Because when you so yeah, so when you look at and right, so the trouble we have in the UK is the majority of people will go to the socialized healthcare medicine system, which is the NHS. Now, the NHS does a brilliant, brilliant job based on the resources that it has. And I've trained a couple of GPs over the years. And I used to be one of the first people to cuss out GPs because I would always say, oh, they don't give you the time. They don't do the investigation work. They don't do this and that and that and that 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 they need to do. And I've trained a couple of GPs and they're like, yeah, we're allowed eight minutes per patient. What? So we're allowed eight minutes per patient. During that time, we need to run through a health history. We need to run through any physical examinations we need to do. And then we need to decide on their course of treatment in eight minutes. I can't decide what toppings I want on my burger in eight minutes. <laughs> it's insane, isn't it? Right, we've been chatting yeah. for eight, like <clears throat> look, as good as twenty minutes now, and that's yeah. gone seriously quickly. Yeah. So during that time, a doctor's already seen four people. That kind of puts it in perspective. Yeah. It's nuts, isn't it? So. <laughs> That's one of the reasons that people get misdiagnosed. And the other reason, this is just my opinion, is that doctors do like 18 months to two years of anatomy and physiology, and the rest of their training is pharmacology. So what they're learning is, here's a set of signs and symptoms, here's the medication that works to help fix it. They're not doing, they're not analysing stuff functionally. So they're not looking at, okay, here's the end set of symptoms. What is the up-chain stream of events that could be causing that set of signals, that set of symptoms? So, but sense. like you say, they just don't have the time. They don't have the time. And it's, it's horrendous because I know doctors that want to give their patients more time, but they're just physically not allowed because they have targets. They have to see a certain number of people a day. I think there's also a massive lack of education, though. It's particularly in the hormone side. 
as a bodybuilder, I've gone to doctors before and I've mentioned certain things and they don't even have a clue what's going on or what I'm referring to, let alone anything else. And (laughs) I I tried to chat to GPs about um, like the pharmodynamics and the pharmacokinetics Mm. of certain supplements and like the cellular interactions. And they look at me and they're just like, are you sure you're a personal trainer? <laughs> and and, and I ask, but I'll ask them questions and they just don't have answers for me. I'm like, well, how does this work? You're on paper. You're more qualified than I am to improve somebody's health. So why aren't you getting trained in nutrition? Why aren't you getting trained in good quality supplementation? And it's all individual related like some gps love to go and keep doing continued research other gps once they get qualified they're like that's all right i'm on a cushy 65 70 grand a year i'll see the people that i need to see i've got a job for life job but i'm i'm good that's a lot of pts though as well yeah i was it? about to say that's just that's <laughs> like PT, isn't it? i was just i was just about to say can you uh can you see the relation to our industry yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, all three of us have actually done extra courses outside of what we were meant to do to be better at our job because we enjoy what we do and we find it interesting. There's a lot of uh, personal trainers out there who <clears> do <throat> the bog standard, have a a one-size-fits-all program and just roll that out. Yeah. The thing is, I think you can become a PT in less than six weeks now. Wouldn't surprise me. Yes, yeah, I, I've seen advertised as a two-week course to become a PT. Mine was a year solid. Right. And what can you learn in two weeks? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you can learn the answers to a multiple-choice questionnaire. Well, there you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the trouble is, it's literally that easy to become a PT. It's, it's an unregulated industry, and, and anybody can, can do it. And this is what's frightening, particularly when you think about, you know, like on average, how many hours a week or how many hours a year, let's say, do you actually go and see a doctor? Or maybe five, six, up to 10 hours a year, you might go and see a doctor. Yeah. Right? How many times do you have trainers that see a client three times a week? Actually, yeah. Yeah. So who has more influence over somebody's health? Was it now? It's just a basic anatomy and physiology and a very basic nutrition. Yeah, and can you do if, a push-up and a sit-up? Yeah, you're qualified. Yeah, if if they even do, and you, I, I've met PTs that they didn't even do a nutrition module. Oh wow, they're just like, oh yeah, well we just got told eat 500 calories less than a BMR. I was like, oh, that's scary to even. And and I said to them, all right, cool, that's that's fine, but how do you calculate a BMR? They're like, we've got an internet, isn't it? Like, oh my god. <laughs> Special okay. K for breakfast, special K for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Little rest, red dress by the end of the day. <laughs> Run around the block, touch your toes, you're fine. Wow. Yeah, a little bit. But do you find that uh, you get some guys that can be quite reluctant to open up? Oh, 100%. <clears throat> but this is where I love the, the psychology side of the training that I've put myself through because I, I understand what an incomplete sentence is i understand what a blocked answer is which is where people just don't give me a reason and they they 
or they put a false excuse. And I, I've always been quite lucky. Like I'm very intuitive with people and I'm very good at reading body language. So I kind of understand and I just get a feeling when I know people are not giving me the absolute truth. And this, I think, is a skill that a lot of PTs don't practice and they don't get the opportunity to be taught how to actually do a proper consultation with somebody because I've had people that have stormed out of consultations because they've said, fuck you, mate. I'm not here for a therapy session. Yeah. And I said, look, that, that's your prerogative. If you want to leave, you want to leave. That's fine. You've already paid your £25 for my consultation. So if you want to leave, there's the door. If you want to stay and get some answers, I would suggest you do it. <laughs> yeah. But, but they, but they storm out of my consultation because they're not ready to face the actual emotional trigger that's causing them to want to seek a change. <clears throat> and when I dive down into the reason as to why people want to change, I've had people get angry on me. I've had people, like I say, storm out of consultation. I've had people just break down and cry on me in a consultation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I swear people must listen in to my consultations and like, what is he doing to them in there? <laughs> um, but I won't let people not face the fact and I won't let people work under an illusion that they're doing it for a certain reason when the actual reason they're still not pressing. Mm. And this is where I'm finding now that there is a lot more mental health issues than people are actually letting on yeah and this is horrendous for thousands and thousands of people yeah men and women it's, it's, it's affected everyone isn't it so oh totally totally and when we had that first lockdown and we weren't allowed outside other than half an hour to exercise or to go to the supermarket one of the first things that came into my head was, Jesus Christ, how do people cope actually being put into prison? Like, how do they cope? Mm. Because that's a genuine lockdown. Like, that's genuine. Your freedom and your choice has been removed from you. All right, it's somewhat self-inflicted, but mentally, it's a huge shift in what you have prepare yourself for every single day like we knew during lockdown that it would eventually end but imagine you've got a 25 year stretch and you you know that you're in an 8 by 10 cell and that's it that's your whole life yeah that's horrendous absolutely yes you deserve to be in there because you're doing a 25 year stretch so yeah you've done something pretty bad you've done something pretty bad for that but that I had a lot of people talking to me about feeling like they've been locked up and feeling like they've had their freedom and their liberty taken away from them and they, they didn't know how to cope with it. So I had mm. to work a lot with people to actually reframe the situation. So I had to dive into like a lot of my NLP sort of training and do some yeah. like do some Jedi mind tricks with people to actually get them to to frame things differently and actually look at things from a different perspective and it's, I think, it's hard I think, I think what, what helped me and helps me in my job is what yeah I've done NLP course as well but doing the life coaching course because it got me to understand myself better 
Yeah, totally. So was, once I could understand how I worked, I could help other people. Yeah. And as a PT, you really need to know your client. Whether you're lifting heavy weights or whether you're just on a spin bike, you need to know what gets people motivated to get to their goal. And they need to know what their goal is. And what, like you say, what is the real goal? Not just, yeah. oh, I want to lose some weight, but why? Yeah. It's, it's what's changed. Yeah. It's, it's one question I ask is what changed in the last six months? Why now? Why not six months ago? No, six weeks ago. There's yeah, always that driving hard. force that That's has to flip. Yes, yeah, superb question. Mm. And it's, it's usually uh, led on from if I could change three things on your body, what would it be? Just a snap at my fingers. And it's always, it's particularly with blokes on that theme, it's always the same three as well. So th there's always a common pattern. It's always the gut. That's a or dead simple arm. one. Always yeah. the chest <laughs> and always the arms. <clears throat> Mirror muscles. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because like it's been drilled into us since what the seventies. The the mark of a man is abs, chest, and arms. Yeah, and it's drilled. It's been drilled. So, um, <laughs> so I've recently had to move back in with my parents, and it freaked them out when I started having like meat and vegetables for breakfast. So I'd have like a <laughs> you know chicken, veg, and rice for breakfast, and they look at me like I'm some sort of alien. Yeah, the steak and potatoes for breakfast that was a fun one as well. And they'd be like, "What are you doing? Why, why are you eating dinner now?" Like, well, I'm not. This is breakfast. It, 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 it's the time of day for breakfast, so this technically is breakfast. But yeah, but why are you eating cereals or toast? I was up like, because I don't want to. <laughs> I, I don't see it as a healthy choice, so I'm I'm not doing it. Yeah, but that, yeah, but that's breakfast food. I said, "Where is it written in law?" That <laughs> cereals have to be your breakfast food. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The magazines, TV, and all that kind of stuff. We've got a lot of it's the TV man. It's responsibility. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm not being funny. Growing up in the '80s, like I did, you two probably didn't. But um, it was well, like I, 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 I had glimpses of the '80s. <laughs> 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 I didn't touch nothing till mid '90s, so I can't say anything. <laughs> Uh, but no, so I, no but, like I, but yeah, totally. But like, but you look at all of them, right? You look at He-Man, you look at Thundercats, you look at Brave Star, you look at all of them. Yeah. And everyone is fucking shredded, and everyone is fucking jacked. Yeah, definitely. Every single one of them. So yeah, as a young kid, you get it into your head that this is the image of a male hero. Yeah. And this is what you aspire to be. So that's why guys always want to lose the gut. Because they, you know, there, there is health benefits to losing a gut. There's, there's no two ways about it. But that aesthetic driver is huge for so many guys. So many guys. And women too. Like, women love a flat stomach. They want a flat stomach on themselves. Nobody in my 15 years of training and my tens of thousands of PT sessions I've delivered, no one has ever said to me, I want a bigger gut. <laughs> I want to look like a dark player. <laughs> Here's a picture of my hero. Here's Andy Fordham. <laughs> Those were the days, man, when darts players could drink beer on telly. <laughs> yeah, walk up with a pint in their hand. Yeah. <laughs> I remember those days. 
Wow. So, oh. right, okay. Nutrition supplements for men's testosterone levels. Uh, I'll tell you now. The best, best supplement that a guy can give himself for boosting testosterone is seven to nine hours of good quality sleep a night. Yeah. And you won't hear it on any fitness forum. You won't see it on any fitness advert anywhere. For Guys, boost your testosterone. Get some sleep. You're never going <laughs> to hear it. It doesn't have much of a ring to it, does it? <laughs> You're never, ever going to hear it because the industry can't make money off it. But yeah. if you want one thing to start boosting your testosterone levels, get some sleep. That's a good one. Well, growth hormone is releasing sleep, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It is. It is, yeah. But it's a bit, if you were going to look at other stuff on top of that, it's not so much about actually, the, there is no supplement you can take that will boost your testosterone. There's precursors that you can take. So things like DHEA you can take, which will help certain organs start to produce testosterone. But if you're still in a stressed state, what you have to remember is that your body is always going to prioritize survival over production of testosterone. Always. And it's always going to prioritize survival over every other function in your body. And the trouble is, is that even a mental stressor. So let's say you go out to your car one morning and there's a flat tire on a car. You think, well, oh, fuck's sake, I need to change the tire. So you change the tire. <laughs> you get the spare out. The spare's got a flat on it. Oh, I didn't get that fixed last time. Bollocks. Right, so now you've got two flat tires on your car. Now time is running out for you to get to whatever appointment. All of that mental stress, your body perceives as you're getting chased by a tiger or you're about to get into a fight. You're about to go into a survival situation. So your body doesn't know the difference between an actual physical stressor and an actual and, and a mental stressor. So what happens is your body goes through that same survival mechanism every single time you perceive a stress, whether it's physical or mental, right? So let's say you're going into work. So you've got two flat tires on your car. So fuck it, I'll get a cab. You get a cab. There's traffic all the way into the office. So now you're running late. So now you text your boss and you say, I'm running late. Mental traffic had two flat tires, but I will be there. You get into the office. Boss is there. I needed you here 20 minutes ago. So now you're stressed again. Then things settle down a bit. You get to the mid-afternoon. You see an email comes through and it says, I need to see you. And you're like, oh, shit. So there's another stressor. Right? So all the time you're going, your body's just going through waves of survival situation, chill-out situation, survival situation, chill-out situation. All the time your body's doing that, do you think it actually gives a shit about boosting your reproductive function? True, yeah. I think I, I don't think on the, <clears> one of my life, I don't know if you saw it on the my life coach thing on Facebook, was it Instagram? One of them too. Um, about controlled stress. Because when we work out, mm. we put ourselves in that same situation, but we're in control of it. 
So we know we're going to lift the heavy weight. Shit, this is heavy. I need to push the fucking... I need to push. But it's controlled environment that we are putting ourselves in that situation. So we're aware of it. Like you say, all the stuff that happens outside that, we have no control over. So it can hit us like a fucking brick. Yeah. I think there's one thing that a lot of people forget as well. Stress releases adrenaline, but so does caffeine. Yeah. Ca- caffeine can be horrendous. Like, so if, you, if you're a fast reactor to caffeine, oh, it's horrendous. I think if you've then got someone going through that exact uh, sequence of events that you've just laid out, so one stress after another after another, mm. how many p- uh, cups of coffee is that bloke picking up during that day? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, those little uh, did, relaxed <laughs> moments between the stresses, he's probably having coffee, which is or then releasing more cigarette, releasing more <laughs> adrenaline, which is then just flooding your adrenal glands. So at no point are you able to recover your adrenal glands. No. No one ever really thinks about adrenal care. No. No. And that, and that allostatic load is enormous and it takes time. So, yeah, I always say to people, you know, do you feel like you're in, you know, what, what's your opinion and what's your feeling about beast mode? Like, oh, yeah, I love beast mode because they think that's what I want to hear. So, oh, yeah, I love beast mode. I love getting shit done. I love being on the go. I love doing this and that and lifting all these weights and, you know, working 20 hours a day and sleeping too. And, you know, I'm fucking jacked, man. Yeah, I love it. Dude, like, you're, I guarantee your shit is like water. And they're like, how the fuck do you know that? <laughs> So, yeah, something's got to give. You can't, you know, yeah. And I, and I will say front. to them, like, you know, all the time you're in that beast mode state. How do you think your digestion is operating? Because all your body's interested in doing is shunting nutrients and fuel to your legs, to your arms, to your eyes, to your brain to prep you up for a fight or to prep you up for running away from something. So, how do you think your body is actually dealing with digestion at that point? Well, cortisol affects insulin. Insulin is yeah. your ability to absorb food. So, yeah, it's going to be absolutely screwed. Yeah, and, and the, these are the things. Like, there's so many digestive issues that would go away if people would just take time over their food and actually put themselves in that rest and digest state. They would absorb a lot more nutrients from their food. They would actually enjoy their food so much more, and they would alleviate so many digestive problems just by taking that chill out time. But they don't mm. do it. You know, like how many people have you had to deal with over the years? They're like, oh yeah, I eat at my best. Or yeah. how many PTs have you seen it over the years? Yeah, they've got their Tupperware and they fucking inhale their Tupperware because they've got two minutes between their last client and this client. And after that client, they're training. So they're like, oh, yeah, I'll slam this down now. And then I'll train really quickly. I'll train like an arsehole. And then I'll slam yeah. some more food down after that. But that PT is probably in worse state than some of their clients. Yeah, or they get through, with, oh, I'll have a quick shake and throw some moats in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> Handle of paint, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I've been there a few times. I'm trying to drive on the motorway, trying to get to the next client or the next location whilst eating that on top of where. <laughs> sandwich in one hand and stop watching the other <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but PTs are, are if more PTs would actually practice what they preach the industry would be a better place because you'd have mm-hmm. more PTs that are in a better mindset a better yeah. state of their own happiness that it, it winds me up when I see PTs that are offloading 
their problems to their clients. And this is one of the things I used to hate to hear when I would go into mystery shops for a, a big gym chain that you know, we used to work for. Yeah. When I, when I would go into mystery shopping for, for certain clubs, you know, I'd hear PTs moaning about their problems to their client. I'm like, oh my God. No, this is paid to listen to them. Yeah. I was like, this is not what your client's paying you for. This is, this is a true story. Um, where I used to live in some area of Kent, one of my friends went for a, a PT session in the leisure centre. Mm-hmm. Never met the guy before. He was on the treadmill <clears throat> and the bloke asked if he could borrow a fiver off him. No. Yes. <laughs> Never met him before doing their very first induction <laughs> into the gym and asked if he could borrow a fiver. And he'll give it back to him next week when he sees him. Oh, my goodness. That's either an incredible sales technique or really desperate. Yeah. That's a true story. Wow. I've heard some shockers, but I've never heard anything like that. No, I've never heard that one before. I said to my mate, I went, did you lend it to me? He went, no, I didn't. (laughs) Tight side. (laughs) Wow. But hopefully now, there will be one or two, like us guys, that actually take the time to educate ourselves past the point of just getting qualified. That find and, an interest in it for ourselves because we do it as well, that we can help people on a better level. Yeah, and to be fair, the majority of trainers do enjoy going onto courses and they do enjoy upskilling themselves. Mm. The but issue there, yeah, the, the, the other issue that I see then is that you've got PTs that become, and, and my mentor calls them this, that I, I can't take credit for this phrase, unfortunately. Uh, but they become certification sluts. Mm. And they just do course after course after course after course. And they don't actually take the time to master any one particular skill. Yeah. Like people say to me, like other PTs turn around to me and say, oh my God, like how do I get to you know, your knowledge base? I'm like, well, you need to study pretty much every week, almost every day for 15 years. And they're like, oh. Oh, I don't like the sound of that. I was like, well, then don't be a fucking master of anything. Mm. That's a common theme in PT, though, is get qualified quick and then just no one wants to go anywhere with it. It's why we've got such a flooded industry with not a lot of knowledge. There's a high turnaround for staff in gyms and stuff. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. Huge. I mean, the, the gym that we worked in 2010, James, Yeah, we had one of the lowest staff attrition rates across the whole company in that club it was good because it was a it was a good environment you know i had to learn a hell of a lot about management very very quickly otherwise my regionals were going to sack me (laughs) yeah um but that's that's what you do like you know you, you 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 get a kick in and then you're like right okay i don't ever want that kick in again so I'm going to learn about this and this and this so that that never happens again. Yeah. And you've, you've witnessed it. I tend to be a little bit competitive. So when there's a leaderboard that comes out and when we get ranked by club performance, I tend to want to be somewhere near the top. <laughs> you do like a leaderboard. I, I, I'm a little bit addicted to a leaderboard. It's one of my unhealthy obsessions. Right, yeah. Dean, can I, can I just say, how long was you boxing for? 
Um, I started going to Kung Fu and, and boxing and kickboxing when I was about seven or eight. And I still do some practicing today, but I don't compete anymore. Right. I mean, one time I was with a client doing pad work on the mats at the bottom of the stairs of that club. Yep. And you walk past, you put your clipboard down because you were doing some kind of check. You went, oh, let's have a go. Hold the pads up. My good God. <laughs> Why? Why'd you do it to me? <laughs> it, it felt right at the time. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> A client asked me if oh, I was okay because I was shaking my hand out. <laughs> <laughs> but plus, I know you, you're not shy of a challenge as well. So I thought, all oh, right, let's let, yeah. Plus, I was, bit, like, I was a lot lighter, like, yeah, stick another, yeah. 10, stick another 10 kilos on my body weight since then. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, could deliver, I, I could deliver a little bit more power now, but I'd be tired after like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't need to have a <laughs> Oh, mate, this has been great. Do you just want to tell people what you your your website and stuff like that and some of your blogs? Yeah, so do, do you know what? I have loved writing a lot of these blogs because they've almost been like a form of therapy for me as well. They've got a lot of stuff out of my head. And you can find them all on coachingformen.net forward slash... I can't remember if it's forward slash blog or if there's a funny URL that goes with it, but head to uh, coachingformen.net and then just click on the link for the blog. And there's like 20 odd blogs that I've written already and they range everywhere from uh, erectile dysfunction to diet, to weight loss, to building muscle, to why modern men struggle with their identity so I have a little pop at Disney in that one, which is quite cool. <laughs> um, it's, it's what I call the princess fallacy. Um, so I've had a little pop at Disney in that one. Um, did, did you, like We spoke the other night about this, and correct me if I'm wrong, it is a bit weird with Disney films. For example, Sleeping Beauty. A bloke's going through the forest, finds someone, a girl asleep, and he just kisses her. <laughs> Do you need to get help first? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's the depending on who you listen to when it comes to Disney, there's a lot of hidden sexual messages within their cartoons and within their script writing, and also within some of the imagery that is in the cartoons as well. That's, that's, uh, that's for another podcast. That one. That, that's a totally different podcast, um, but have your listeners google it like disney sex messages like this it will surprise and shock you yeah some of it might be coincidental some of it might be people looking for it on purpose i i don't know um but for me and when it came into like men's health and men's expectations of women the way that i described it was that you know men have gone through these different transitions and sort of through periods of time where you know, you do look at the 80s and, you know, men were supposed to be, you know, real macho men and real dominant men and, you know, were supposed to be muscly and dominant and, you know, just take all, take the women and, you know, have their way with the women. And then you went through the 90s and you had that whole metrosexual movement and then, you know, men were supposed to be sensitive and, you know, deliver all these grand romantic gestures and all the rest of it. 
And then you fast forward to today and men are just a bit lost. They're just like, well, I don't know. Well, what do women want? Do they want the dominant guy? Do they want the sensitive grammar yeah. mental gestures? Like, I don't know which way to turn. Like, if yeah. I hold the door open and say hello to a woman, am I going to get done for sexual harassment? Like, it's a very valid point. It's very good. And, and this is what some of the blogs are about. Some are about health, some are about men's mental health, but I've gone into a lot of detail and I've provided a lot of references and where I've got a lot of my information from. So actually writing them, one of my friends is a school teacher and I have her kind of read over them. And she says to me, Jesus Christ, these are like mini dissertations. Oh, thank you very definitely much. Worth a, definitely <laughs> worth looking at. So yeah, so de- yeah, please do check them out and please have a read because I've, I've put a lot of thought into them and there's a lot of myself and just my honesty has gone into them. I'm not writing them to try to impress people. I'm writing them just for me to get information out of my head and somewhere tangible. Yeah. So they're, they're very honestly written. As you can probably imagine, there is a touch of the swearing in there. <laughs> um, yeah. But I just, I, just, I just write as it's in my head because it, it seems to make sense that way when, when I put stuff out. So It's called being honest, mate. It's fine. Yeah, and yeah, I've gone into like spiritualism on there and like my journey into spiritualism and and trying to find my spirit guides and all this kind of stuff. So it's not just all science based. There's a lot of it's a real range of 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 topic on there. Can people contact you through the website? They can. They they can email me directly from the website. They can find me on Instagram. Uh, So I've got at coaching for men is where you can find me on Instagram. Uh, and the coachingformen.net website. Cool. Dean, it's been a pleasure. Anything, Jordan? No, just thank you very much. That's all right. Anytime. I'll speak to you soon, dude. Yes, chat soon. Cheers. Uh, Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye.